good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in 2 Corinthians. We are ready to read chapter 6. We have read chapter 5, where uh, Paul is teaching, really teaching about how our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation and how Jesus died for everyone to be reconciled to God. And how we, when we are reconciled to God, when we come forth and uh, repent and are baptized, we become a new spiritual creation, a new spiritual creature with Christ. Uh, so we're ready to read chapter 6. Now chapter 6, let's see, I am reading in the Amplified Bible. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 1. And this is not a very long verse, but the, the message here again is, is important. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. Working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain by turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. For he says, at the acceptable time, the time of grace, I listened to you, and I helped you on the day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So Paul is telling them that, hey, this is the time. This is it. We put no obstruction in anyone's path so that the ministry will not be discredited. But we commend ourselves in every way as servants of God in great endurance, in sufferings, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in sleepless nights, in hunger, in purity and in in, okay. in purity and sincerity, in knowledge and spiritual insight, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in speaking the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand, like holding the sword to attack, and for the left, like holding the shield to defend, amid glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, branded as deceivers, deceivers, and yet vindicated as truthful, as unknown to the world, yet well known by God and his people, as dying, yet we live, as punished yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet bestowing riches on many, as having nothing yet possessing all things. And he makes this long, this is a long comparison of how the world sees, how the world sees them and yet how they are spiritually um, and just all the things they have in the spirit and how they have suffered and, and you know with great endurance they commend themselves in every way as servants of God they're not saying that they're anything great and wonderful themselves but they are servants of God and they have this great endurance they go through these these bad things and they have they um, they have purity and sincerity and in knowledge and spiritual sight and patience and kindness and then they talk about uh, the word of truth and having the power of God, the weapons of the righteous for the right hand, you know, like having the shield and the sword of the spirit, and uh, and glory and dishonor by evil report and good report. And this is where he gets into this branded as deceivers and yet vindicated as truthful, as unknown to the world, yet well known by God and his people. 
you know, as dying yet we live, and there's this whole comparison here, you know, about how the world sees them and how they are in in the spirit in the kingdom with uh, the church. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. Unfortunately, this is like one huge, one huge run-on sentence, and so it it gets to be a bit much. But if you can break this down into the right parts. Um, you know, he, he's talking about not putting any obstruction in anyone's ways, in anyone's way, I'm sorry, um, the things they suffer and go through, having the, the weapons of God, the word of truth, the power of God on their side, and then the evil and good reports, the, the evil reports of the world, and then the good report, the, the real spiritual truth. So I'm going to move on with verse 11. But but as an example, that sentence itself is how many verses is this? It is it is like nine verses. Am I getting that right? I believe it is. It's like nine verses. So it's it's a it's a long sentence. There's a lot there. All right, verse 11. We are speaking freely to you, Corinthians. We are keeping nothing back, and our heart is opened wide. There is no limit to our affection for you, but you are limited in your own affection for us. Now, in the same way as a fair exchange for our love toward you, I am speaking as I would to children. Open wide your hearts to us also. <clears throat> Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Belial, or Satan? Or what does an unbeliever have in common? No, I'm sorry. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? So I've heard people use this, do not be, you know, unequally bound together with unbelievers in a number of different ways. <clears throat> but I think the main thing, the main takeaway here is that you can't, you know, it's it's hard for a believer and an unbeliever to really ally together and and consistently, you know, perform to to each other's satisfaction because the Christian is going to be putting God first. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be going that route, going that path, following Jesus. And and the unbeliever, <clears throat> this is no offense intended necessarily to them. It's just a fact. If you don't believe, you're not going to be striving to follow that. You know, you're you're not going to mind. You know, well, anyway, an unbeliever is probably not going to want to follow the same path, the same moral. Um, the same moral road, um, and and that's exactly what's what's being talked about here. And this just says, do not make mismatched alliances with them. Do not make you know don't don't bind yourself together. And I would say this goes in almost every every walk of life in businesses and whatever. But now here, remember we're talking about don't be unequally 
bound together with them. Don't make mismatched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith. It's not that you can't have business dealings with whoever you need to for your business, but, you know, you wouldn't want your 50-50 partner in the company to be someone who doesn't hold the same values and beliefs as you do. One of the other of you is going to be heavily influenced, and, and you could be influenced the wrong way, and it could turn out bad uh, on a number of different levels, but you're going to find it hard to have agreement on things, too. If you're, if you're bound together in something like that, where both of you need to be in agreement, of like a 50-50 partnership in a business, something important, you're going to have a hard time moving forward on almost everything. If you think about it, there's so many things and a lot of those things come back to uh, morals and how much you care about the other people, such as how you treat your employees and how you care about them. Do you care about them as your uh, fellow servants in Christ or uh, do you just treat them as like a sort of cannon fodder to just uh, do what you want them to do, and at the end of the day, you're, you're rid of them, you're done with them. You know, there is this whole different approach, and I'm not saying that every unbeliever is that way. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm trying to draw that distinction between how you might have moral difficulties going forward. All right, I'm going to continue here. <clears throat> For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So come out from among unbelievers and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will graciously receive you and welcome you with favor. I will be, your, be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And there... God is calling us to be out, to be separate. It's not that we have to withdraw from the world and not be a part of society or anything like that. He's not talking about that. But we should be separate in the way we treat and act toward one another, the way we love others and care about others. We should not be following the world's examples of these things, but instead we should be following Jesus' examples of caring about others and caring about one another and I mean it is it is the same because you don't know who of the unbelievers might actually become a believer at any time at any day so we want to separate ourselves and just make ourselves distinct in the way we act in the way we um, speak and in the way we truly are not just in outward appearances but in our hearts we want to truly be different and treat others differently and this is something well that I'm really just just still just working on myself I know but uh, you know it's okay to admit that we're all a work in progress we're all working on these things but God will receive us and we will be his children his, his sons and daughters um, so we are, we just need to work on this. We need to make sure that we are doing this. Now, did the Corinthians have some bad dealings? Did they have themselves somehow aligned and mismatched with uh, unbelievers? Um, imagine being unequally bound also being that the unbeliever has the superior role. Well, 
Now, this is no offense to them, but they don't believe in, in Jesus. They don't believe in God. And what they ask of you goes against maybe your very belief. That's going to put you in a really bad position, especially if you are bound to them legally and morally to do certain things. And now you, you know, you're put in a rough situation where you, you don't want to do those things and you have to make a choice. And it's just, you know, it can be really bad. So you don't want to be, and that doesn't mean um, that you can't be um, supervised or have a boss that is an unbeliever. And it doesn't mean that you can't supervise or be the boss of unbelievers. But just that. You don't want to be bound to someone in such a way that um, they could have you do things or try to have you do things that are against against your faith. And um, and if you do in a situation like that, there should be some way to work that out. Nowadays, especially, you should be able to sort of raise that flag and, and work that out, here at least here in the U.S. But uh, um, So it's just something to watch out for and be be aware of like uh, you know if you do get into a business venture let's say let's use that as another example now this could be anything it doesn't have to be a business venture but this for some reason that's the way my mind's rolling and let's say you're going to be in a 70 30 then 70 percent of that business is by this person that is an unbeliever and you know they're not a believer and you know they're not interested in godly things do you really want to be a third part in whatever that business is? Because the actions of that business, you're not really going to have control over it very much, and, and you're not going to have, uh, you know, you're you're probably not going to have as good a moral impact, and and it could be a thing where certain moral values are not displayed that you would, uh, you know, what I mean? That the, the company could be doing things that would be while legal would be kind of immoral to you as far as your beliefs so it could it could be very conflicting so anyway and that's just one example there's also a number i've heard of uh, people using this for reasons for christians not to marry non-christians and i would have to say that if you are a christian and and you are unmarried you should really look for a christian to be married to. Not that even that is going to be 100% perfect, but just that you have a better chance of both of you following the Lord and trying to work together and trying to be in agreement. If you if you don't, if you're if you're not married to a Christian, it becomes much more difficult to uh, to follow that path together and to, to work together on that on that whole uh, relationship and on your family and it just really creates a lot of a lot more difficulties for you if you're not if you're not both Christians it just makes it if you both are Christians it makes it a lot easier so all right that is second Corinthians chapter 6 I want to thank you for listening hope you have a wonderful day remember to uh, stay safe and remember that God loves you